to a podcast today. There's a podcast that um, one of the dudes from Nerdist does. Yeah. It's called Bonding Over Bond. It's a podcast about James Bond movies where they like, it's like Bond commentary. Yeah. And I, I feel like maybe you told me this, but maybe not. Did you know that Pulp, like, essentially put a song in for a James Bond movie once? No, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, dude. Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. It's the movie after GoldenEye. It's the second Pierce Brosnan movie. Apparently, the studio put out like a very, like, uh, I don't even know the whole story, but a ton of different bands submitted, and every band that submitted were under the assumption that they had the job. Whoa. So there is a, a pulp single, Tomorrow Never Lies. Yeah. That was for that movie. I know that song. Yeah, it was for that movie. But they changed it from Tomorrow Never Dies to Tomorrow Never Lies. Right. But I like I was listening to this podcast and I was like, holy shit. I think I may have heard about that at one point. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I just read it loosely in the internet or you had told me, but I know you're a pulp fan. That's funny. Yeah, they like basically recorded that for a James Bond movie. Like flat out. Which is kind of awesome because they're a British band and I'm sure like I'm sure if you like live in that fucking country, I mean I mean, come on. I mean, like, I, I, look, I'm an American and I fucking love those movies. But, like, James <laughs> Bond's a British dude. It's all about the MI6, about British military. I mean, if you're fucking listening, if you live in that fucking country, you've got to be a little bit like, yeah, James Bond. That's the fucking shit, right? Yeah. It's like Doctor Who. You know what I mean? Like, Doctor Who. Everyone fucking loves Doctor Who over there. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Doctor Who. Me neither. I couldn't even, if it was on television, I wouldn't be able to tell you what it is. I would be able to identify it just because I am on the internet enough in those circles where I'd be like, oh, that's the guy. Yeah. With certain guys. But I've never watched it, which is probably a shame because I hear it's fucking sweet. Yeah. But it's one of those shows. It's like, it's like explaining to somebody, oh, there's a show called Saturday Night Live where they have, and you'd be like, wait, what? And it's like, <laughs> There's like, I mean, I guess actually it's not even like that because Saturday Night Live is, has like one episode has nothing to do with the other. It's like, I, I don't, there's really no comparisons. It's like Doctor, it's like, I guess maybe it's probably like, oh, there's a show called Days of Our Lives. Yeah. That's been going on for fucking 30 years. You should <clears> check it out. <laughs> like it loosely being like, yeah, go look at the show that has fucking like 2000 episodes. <laughs> Dude, there's been so many Doctor Who episodes that at one point when they were still shooting to tape or shooting to film, but then recording to tape that they were running out of space. Yeah. So they started just deleting episodes, Dr. Who, which now just seems like, Oh my God, like th that shows been on for so long. It's like, you're deleting history. And like, I remember, I think it was like last year they like discovered episodes of Dr. Who from like fucking 30, 40 years ago that they thought had been deleted or like erased. Why would you delete big... episodes? I don't even understand why that because would happen. I, I think is, is, I think too, it's like, you know, I don't fucking know. I, I but like, it seems to me that like, you know, nobody knows that thing is going to be a thing. Right. So you just, oh, so they will, so they were deleting them before it was actually popular. Yeah. Or like, they just don't think that's going to be of any value. Okay. Like they don't like, you know, it's <sighs> like, you know, I was I was listening to that podcast today, the Bon on Bon, and they were talking about George Lansenby. George Lansenby, if you don't know who George Lansenby is, he famously did. He was the only James Bond that did one film on His Majesty's Secret Service, and he did it between I think Thunderball and um, Diamonds Are Forever. And he, he was one role. It was it was the only time I ever did it. And it's a pretty darker movie, and. You know, Connery was kind of over it because he had a really bad relationship with the producers. Yeah. So Connery didn't get a pay raise. So he was like, yo, fuck this. I'm fucking out. So they brought this dude in. He did, an, he did a movie. And it, I, I don't know if it did well or not, but it was like kind of a departure from the previous ones. And he apparently had some friend that was kind of counterculture. Yeah. Who essentially talked him out of doing more films. And essentially he was like, yeah, that Jay's Bob thing is never going to go anywhere. So he like walked away from it. And then Connery came back. And then Roger Moore came in. But it's like, nobody fucking knows. I mean, you can go back to comic books. When they, they made like Batman, like nobody fucking knew. Like nobody knew that like those fucking characters were going to be. Yeah, sure. Mythos, you know <clears throat> what I mean? But I, th I just think the difference between, you know, keeping stuff on file between then and now is that like, 
granted you still have to have hard drives but then it was like you have to have fucking tape to really back everything up you yeah know what i mean how the fuck did we get here this is i don't know <laughs> but i a- <laughs> but I, I wanted to ask because i uh i feel like we're hot i feel like i'm in clipping the entire time stand by okay go ahead go ahead go ahead, go ahead. all right keep I, talking yeah i'm sure it wasn't I'm, it, if it was you know I feel like I've seen like one James Bond movie. Really? I I just I'm not familiar with I'm James Bond at all. I'm a fan. So I want to ask you. Name a few shows or movies that you're just like unfamiliar with that you should be familiar with. You know. I'll give you the first one. What Fuck are you me. guilty about not having seen? Guilty? I mean, I don't feel guilty about any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you get like so serious. Yeah, I mean because I don't feel guilty about any of that because, because shit. This is the thing, like I've actually recently went back to movies. Yeah. Because there's so many fucking television shows, <laughs> you have to dedicate so much fucking time that if people are like, "Oh, you haven't watched all 200 fucking episodes." I do that to you all the time with like Twin Peaks or something. I know, well, but, Twin, <laughs> but, but Twin Peaks is actually like, it's like Twin Peaks honestly is the equivalent of like, oh, you haven't watched. Like Lord of the Rings, which I also haven't watched, but it's similar where it's like, okay, Twin Peaks is pretty contained. It's 22 episodes. And I, I, I'm always with the first season. It's 22 episodes, 42 minutes a pop, an hour, hour episodes. Yeah, I think. It's, so, I mean, you're talking like. I think they're closer to an hour, yeah. But, like, I mean, you know, so what is that? It's like 800 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-two episodes, sixty minutes each, eight hundred like minutes. 800 minutes. <laughs> so it's like eight hundred minutes. Yes, yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's eight hundred minutes. Oh shit! How many shows? You've probably watched eight hundred minutes at a sitting. I, I knocked over the fucking recorder. Uh-huh. I know because I'm a fucking addict. <laughs> but I mean, the thing about television now is that we like, we, you know. Hold on, hold on. on. Like, now people are like, oh, you haven't watched House of Cards? It's like, no. I haven't sat in my room (laughs) for fucking 20 hours. Because everyone watches everything differently. But I consider myself like a binge watcher in the deepest way where it's like, I bought a fucking 600-page Batman graphic novel last week. And I finished that shit, like, in a night. Like, if I go in, I go in. So it's like picking up a new show means, like, all right, fuck everyone. I watched Lost in four fucking weeks, dude. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even saying that like it's an accomplishment. I'm just saying, like... Yeah, you watched that, the whole Lost. You watched every season of yeah, Lost in four weeks. Four, I mean, granted, I wasn't... How many? I, I remember that. I just remember that, because every time I would come hang out with you, you'd be like, oh, I'm just finished this episode. <laughs> I'm like, I'll be downstairs in a second. <laughs> Saeed's real sad. <laughs> and what's fucked up with that said, I don't really remember anything about Lost. Yeah. The thing when you watch it that much is that, like, I remember, like, very specific things. But if you were to ask me anything about Lost, I'd be like, spoiler alert. It starts with this awesome first season, which devolves into they're in purgatory. And it's kind of like... I don't. I can't even differentiate seasons. Like I can't differentiate story arcs. I don't even remember which characters died because there's characters that like go away in season three and then come back in season five. Like, yeah. And I think that's what happens when you binge is that like you don't really get a chance to like, you know. No, I've done that with shows. I mean, I do that sparingly, but I did it with Breaking Bad. I did it with. Uh... I did it with Breaking Bad until I got to the point where I actually caught up with the show, because I I jumped in in like season guys. two or three. That was me Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. But like I don't remember like at least the first two seasons of Breaking Bad and the first two seasons of Game of Thrones. Like I don't really remember all the details because I just watched them so you just, you just at like such a right rapid now. pace. You know. Wait, do you want that last beer? I'm no, drink it. it. All right. Hold on. Keep talking. I'm, I'm... Yeah. I don't know. And I just did it with Louie, actually. And Louie isn't even a really complicated story to follow, but I just really wanted to watch all those episodes again. And as soon as you get to, like, the 
third episode in a row, at least for me. I just I could be sitting there watching it, not doing anything else other than like watching the television, and I'm just not soaking in any of it at all, you know? Yes. So basically that was the empty one. Yeah. John's just spilling beers. I just want everyone to know that I, I was working all weekend, so my Monday's been condensed into a weekend. So I'm having a little bit of wine, have a little bit of beer. At some point, I may ask Pete to let me cut this so I can go get more beer. Because I'm only working two days this week, and I'm going to the beach for four fucking days. Oh, yeah. So, where are you going? Ocean City, dog. Ocean City. Oh, shit. You don't even know how to go to the beach. Nah, dog. I got to shave my chest. <laughs> I'm real hairy. My girl, my girl told me she was getting like waxed today, and I was like, uh, "So, what are you trying to say?" <laughs> I made it about me as I always do. I'm like, "So, I have to like do something now." Like, what are you gonna do? Have fun. I guess. <laughs> I sound so like you don't want to hang out. <laughs> I'm like, "What are you gonna do at the beach for four days?" I don't know. <laughs> no, I just remember this is like five. Four years ago? I don't remember. Oh, you made the beach. Yeah, we went to the beach because neither of us, had, we were like living near the beach. Or you were living in the city, but you no, came but down. No, I wasn't. I think oh, at that weren't? point, either if I... Wh- you were in Clifton? The, whatever the case may have been, I, like, I grew up near the beach. Yeah. So I, I was kind of like... So you have no excuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we like made a point to go to the beach because neither of us had gone to the beach all summer. And we got to the beach and you had like jeans on. <laughs> and you like sat on your beach chair... With your jeans on, you were like, so, like, is this what we do? Is this what, you, this fair, is what you do you at the beach? next to me, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I think so. And I, like, put a towel out. I was like, okay. And then we were there for, like, an hour. Like, we may have may or may not have jumped in the water. I think I think we tried to at least. But, I mean, it was the kind of thing where I took my pants off and I was wearing, like, gym shorts. Like, I had, like, no proper bathing suit. Right. It was one of those things where, like, you're the guy at the beach wearing fucking jeans. You know what I mean? Like, where you're like... No, it's fine. Everyone's looking at you like that's not fine at all. It's funny because I'm still that guy, and I like I go to the beach often enough. I know how to. I actually know how to do the beach. I think. I, I think I think we're probably a little bit beyond that now. I think we're more. Can we can handle it? <laughs> but this handle is like fun. four years ago. It's not even that long no, ago. Oh, I think I think I think you remember. Was it long I think ago? You the, I think you remember the timetable wrong because really? I, I remember. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like it was like I feel like you might have even still been in school, or I. Oh we really? Both, okay. I feel like yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Is, when I think back about you being in school, you didn't always come home every summer. Yeah. So I feel like it was one of the random summers where you came home. Okay. And like essentially, for some reason, I thought this was like after 2010. Or no, something. no, no, no. I don't think it was that. It was recent. like mid 2000s. No, I don't mid think it was t- that recent. Because the thing is too, it's like you know Louis C.K. or no, was it Bill Burr has an amazing bit about having a dog. Yeah. Which is like when you're a kid and you have a dog, like you can't appreciate it, but when you're an adult and your life sucks and a dog comes home and is super happy to see you, we could really appreciate that shit. Yeah. And I feel like we were still both in that moment of like we weren't like <laughs> we weren't like living our lives yet. We were still in the dome of kind of like college. Yeah. And if we weren't still in school, we were still we were like in the immediate outskirts the immediate fucking you know no man's land of it right because i remember that very specifically i remember sitting there and we were like what do we so what do you do i remember that so well because we were in seabright oh By that's the, funny i remember that so well that's funny i don't know but whatever I mean, any anyway i've learned how to beach now yeah it, I, it, it took me to my late 20s but i i, I can f- i'm a beach guy now yeah, i feel like i could do it too i i mean <laughs> i just it's funny because like there's kids dying in gaza right now <laughs> It's so bad. Oh, there's so much bad shit happening. I'm not laughing at the fact that that's happening. I'm laughing at the fact that we are such pieces of shit that there we're were... Like having debates about how we should live our lives at the fucking beach. Whatever, dude. Ugh. That's what you got to do. I guess so. Well, I was going to say that um, when I really feel like going to the Peace Corps 
and like spending two and a half years in Bulgaria, that's like where I learned how to be a beach guy. Yeah, I can imagine. It's so silly because I, I fucking grew up on the beach and it like took me until that experience to actually learn how to well, do it. Well, you go to a place that's so fucking far removed. Yeah. I was like, oh, the beach is nice. Like as yeah. if I didn't know that or yeah, I don't know. No, but I mean like, you know, it's also recognizing the difference between like a place you're at, and a place you come from. You know, like I, I was thinking about it the other day, like I think it's almost becoming a reoccurring fucking topic. We should just have a fucking segment talking about bitching about the city. But I, I <laughs> yeah, had totally. this like weird moment. Where I was like, thinking about the city. And I was thinking about people that grew up here. I was giving people that live here. And it seems like people that grew up here are really the only people that are like psychologically capable capable to fully handle it because you grow up with such fucking crazy stimulus of things that like you're just adjusted properly. Right. But everyone that I know that moves here is like, so like they're not well adjusted. Like everyone I know that moves to the city has some issue with like the subway or the this or the that. And it just makes me feel that if you move here, like you are not supposed to be here. <laughs> like, like you are not really like you are fighting against your deeper self Right. Which is, oh, I grew up in a place where I wake up and it's quiet. Not I wake up and there's fucking an alarm from a fucking siren. But if you, like, grew up here, like, you're adjusted. Like, you could sleep soundly in the middle of the chaos. And I, it's something I started thinking about, like, since we talked about this last. Yeah. Like, and, and I will say this. As someone who was, like, when I was a really young kid. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm fucking drunk. I'm burping. <laughs> As someone who grew up near the beach, as a kid, my parents were like super like, oh, let's go to the beach. We got to go to the beach club. It'll be real great. Let's go to the pool. And I, I remember almost like rebelling against that. Yeah. Which is, I guess when you're fucking like a kid, you just rebel against anything. No, of course. But like now, like, were you some kind of idiot? <laughs> like, what kind of asshole were you? Your parents were like, oh, we're going to take you to a beach club where there is an Olympic sized pool games food video games a beach people friends everything you could possibly want for a summer and, and I it's was all like, paid for and i was like i want to go play i want to go play basketball in the cul-de-sac and like like <laughs> like that's so like or like i want to play video games i want to sit inside that's some that's some total like i hate the fucking term first world problems but that is some real like Oh, I'm rebelling against nothing. Like, my rebellion isn't against a shitty life. My rebellion is just against people that are older than me. Yeah. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to make sense when you're fucking 10. You know what I mean? No. You can just rebel but, against shit. But you look back on it now, and it's kind of like, oh, my God, that's so juvenile. Like, dude, take the shanty fucking town. Well, it's just, dude, it's all circumstances, man. I mean, like, you know, I mean, there are kids that I know that, like, grew up in families of alcoholics and like they're sober because like that's rebellion for them is like yeah, being sobriety. sober you know so like we fucking grew up in a beach town so our rebellion is like no i'm gonna like go do something not on the beach because everyone like like i remember feeling that way about springsteen where i was just like yeah i wouldn't even give springsteen yeah. the time of day because i was like no fuck springsteen yeah, like he can't be good because all these fuckers in my school like yeah, him you, you know live listen to his music and you're like i'm an asshole yeah and then you fucking then i turned like 25 and like finally really give like nebraska a listen and i was like oh my god like, this I, is you, so you know, you're good give yourself it is nothing to do what you're saying but you're even you're having to give yourself enough credit because i remember you even calling me from san francisco and there was people that had like born to run shirts on from like asbury park shirts and you're like oh i like i guess people like like springsteen because <laughs> i because I, I went to the same fucking thing yeah where like i saw springsteen my senior year of high school and I really thought Springsteen was like a local legend. Yeah. To show you how out of like, touch like I was. People didn't know about yeah. that. Yeah. I thought Springsteen was like, <laughs> what's that fucking DJ's name? The Big Bopper? What the fuck was that guy's name? <laughs> like he was like a New Jersey 101.5. I don't and like know. as a kid, like my mom was like, oh, it's the Bopper. <laughs> the Bopper. Like he's always like bopping. Like he's played those fucking. <laughs> I never oldies. listened to the Bopper. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. I probably remember this wrong. My mom was like, "Oh, the Bopper. He's always playing like the oldies." And I was like, "Oh, he's like really famous." Like I thought Springsteen was like on the Bopper's level. Oh like I didn't God. know that Springsteen was like hanging out with the president. <laughs> like I was like, no, like Springsteen's like the Bopper. Like 
He makes songs that are like New Jersey, like, and that's how <laughs> fucking out of touch I was. Like, if I if you were to say, "Hey, hey, uh, what? Give us an impression of Springsteen, thirteen year old John," I'd be like, oh, "Okay, easy." Oh, I live in New Jersey, and it's really sweet. It's like I would have no concept. Oh, that's so fucking yeah. Funny, it, it, and as I went through high school, maybe I started to kind of get the idea. Because I remember, like, in you know, played football. And whenever we won a game, they played Glory Days, which is super ironic, like, you know, in hindsight. But it was like, yeah, all those stupid songs. And it's like, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, yeah, well, the hometown guy, of course. And then I saw Springsteen, like, giant stadium. And there was, like, 50,000 people there who were going nuts. And I was like, oh, the Springsteen's kind of a big fucking deal. Like, <laughs> no idea, dude. No, I mean, I remember having a similar experience, but I was like, I think it was uh maybe 14 or something i was young but i was like i was old enough to like kind of know what was going on i guess 14 15 maybe i don't know when my uncle took me to see springsteen and i remember actually having that realization while i was going to the show where like you're walking up to wherever the fuck the show was i don't remember but some huge stadium you know and like everyone has their springsteen tour shirts from like 82 yeah. or like whatever it yeah. is and like f- like families you know and like everyone's out there partying and like just so many people and you're just kind of like i see that guy around town yeah. sometimes He's like tipped me yeah you know it's so weird right but the thing is is like you know if i were to tell a story about how springsteen tipped me 20 dollars at the ice cream shop it would sound like i'm name dropping but it's like, no, you don't understand. Like, I really didn't understand. Like, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, he would come in and people would freak out. And I'd be like, what? It's like the bopper. <laughs> like, <laughs> the he's like bopper. the bopper's co-host, I would refer right? to Springsteen yeah, as the no, bopper. Springsteen's the guy that comes in on Thursdays and does throwback Thursdays. And he'll play a song. Like, the bopper plays hits from 50s and 60s. Springsteen would come in and be like, now check out this song from the 40s. Like, I didn't know. I didn't fucking know. But yeah, these are good. These are a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's funny. But wait, the question was originally like, what thing did you rebel against, or what thing? Re- re- how the fuck do we even get here? I don't even know. No, it was just rebelling against. I was talking about hey, you were you were calling yourself an asshole for rebelling against the beach, and I was saying you know that's a common thing. You rebel oh, against what things? Are you, yeah, you rebel against those things that are like really familiar. Yeah. Yeah, There's I mean, people that you know, I mean, to the surrounding, the situation that you're in when you're growing up. I think I don't know. I think that's natural. I mean, I lost my phone on Friday. Left it in a cab. It was one of those people. Didn't have it all weekend. I was working. It wasn't a big deal. But today, I was like walking around the city without a phone, and all I could do was just look at everyone else being on a phone, and the entire time I was like, look at all these fucking zombies. <laughs> Look at them. They can't live without it. Like, society can't live without a phone. Like, look at them. They, they can't even... They, I just bought this somebody. They can't even live it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a flip phone. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to get a flip phone. I'm gonna go back to the normal way of life with a flip phone. How long did you actually consider that for? Stand by. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the normal way of life with a flip phone. I got an iPad. So if I ever really need Wi-Fi, I got it. I'll go back to the flip phone because I don't want to be like these people. I want to look up when I walk down the street. I want to fucking look people in the eye. Have real conver- real fucking conversations. Yeah, I walked to that Verizon store and within five minutes I was on the phone with an insurance company being like, yeah, so it's $150 for a new phone. <laughs> like I sold out myself so fast, dude. Yeah, you did. So fast. And, and, like, I mean, that's because I'm not a, I'm a nobody. I'm not a, I'm not a pioneer, but <laughs> I mean, there was like a real moment of like, I'm gonna rebel against this shit. I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna be fucking different. But I was even, but I, I knew I was, I mean, I, but simultaneously, I knew I was going to fail. Like I was not like that naive. No, I was of course. Like, because like simultaneously, I was also thinking about ways that if I went to a flip phone, how I was going to like hide it the entire time. Cause I didn't want to be one of those guys that someone would say, 
hey, what kind of phone is that? And I'd be like, look, man, I'm avoiding the system. Like, I didn't want to, like, be that. So I was, like, thinking about how I will just have a phone. I'll always keep it in my pocket or I'll leave it at home and all this. I had this whole, like, this theory of this, like, legend that is me, like, in my mind. And as soon as I walked into that Verizon store, I'm holding up like an HTC, like Galaxy S5. And it's the size of the fucking television on my wall. And I'm like, it's pretty sweet. (laughs) (laughs) You know. I mean, real rebellion is, I mean, rebellion at last is just basically like. Fuck. (laughs) I mean, I mean. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, there's no rebellion that lasts. No. What's the I mean, rebellion that lasts? I mean, I mean, to be fair, like, it takes not having something to recognize that you don't have it. Cause, like, I mean, I remember when you didn't have, you had that fucking like other phone, that orange one from. Yeah, there. yeah. And it's I mean, like, it was a smartphone, but it was a total piece of. But shit. But I mean, compared to like you know the, yeah. the big boys, it's like you know it was a. It may as well have been a flip phone. Like it, it, it like, but you, to be fair, to be fair, of like. It did, like, the three things that you want in a phone now. You can get email, you can make phone calls, you can text. Like, everything else is kind of secondary. But if you can email, text, and, if you can email, text, and call, that's kind of, like, the three things you want to be able to do at any given time. Everything yeah. else is really a secondary. By the way, it's all secondary. But, like, everything else really is, like, right. knowing on Seamless or knowing, like, on Yelp what's the best, like, sushi restaurant in your boat is not that important. But, like... When you don't have something, you recognize everyone else that has it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, to a point where it's not even resentment, but you almost are like, dude, people don't even like. And with the cell phone, I couldn't help but be like, I would like be on this train, just sitting there, like either reading or just just sitting there and looking around and being like, dude, half the people on this fucking cart right now are on their phone or have their headphones on. Yeah. Right. So well, it gives you weird. that outside perspective where. You recognize it because yeah. you're not doing it. You know, everyone else is like plugged in. I mean, I would just also think when I had mine, because mine couldn't play music. I mean, theoretically, it was supposed to, but, but it just it didn't work. Good. Yeah, yeah. So, and it actually didn't receive phone calls after a little while, which is why. I no, your phone, your, 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 to be fair, like, it was your all phone up. was like, it was the most frustrating kind of phone because it wasn't fully like, I'm a flip phone. It was kind of like pretending to be a smartphone. Yeah. Which is almost worse. Yeah, it's so much worse. Yeah. Um, so there was a point in time cause you know, like I've been mean, listening to music or podcasts or whatever it is. That's like a survival mechanism for living in the city. Yeah. It at is. least for me. So I was carrying around like my old iPod and my phone and I was just like, this sucks, which is like <laughs> not even worth complaining about, but it was just something that, no, I mean, it's that I noticed other people. I was like, they can do everything on their phone and I can't do anything. See, I didn't, and the thing is, is like, and I, and I, once again, I, I contend that, I know you, I contend that that's because you were, you were halfway, like you were like, you weren't pot committed. Yeah. Like if you, like, I didn't have a phone for the last like fucking three days. I still don't have one. And like, the only thing that I'm like, after the first day, the only thing that I'm starting to get the fucking like drug sweats over is like, I can't call anybody. Like, yeah. I, I really can't just actively contact anybody. Yeah. But, like, once you get over that initial, like, like the shakes of not having it, it kind of goes away. And then you almost kind of become, like, entrenched in, like, hey, I'll just read. Or, like, I, like having, like, a shitty smartphone, I feel like it's kind of, like, it's always blue balling you. It's yeah. always kind of just, like, you can almost do these things. But you can't. But you can't. Sorry. Like, like the the last two times I haven't had a cell phone in this city, like in the last two years, they've been actually like weirdly totally pleasant. But the the thing that sucks is like I have n- I really have no way to contact anybody. Like if you don't have a phone, you have a house line. Like you are fucking off the fucking grid. Like if someone needs to contact you because in an emergency, they need to call somebody else and hope they can contact you. That's right. not okay. I mean, like, you know. Well, it's like anything else. I mean, I don't know. I I get so hooked on my phone. I realize I use it so much more than I need to. Like, today, I got home from work. I was like, I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to go up to the rooftop. I'm going to, like, just hang out. And then I grab my keys, and I just, like, grab my cell phone out of habit. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then there was that part of me that was like, you're just going to the roof. 
you're just gonna hang out for a minute like the point of like going to the roof is to like not think about other shit yeah so like just leave it downstairs you asshole you know and then i did and uh i went up there for like five minutes and i got bored because i'm fucking add now that i have that now that i'm addicted to a phone but you're not though <laughs> thing is everyone 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 can break it yeah it just depends on how you your perspective of it yeah because like i don't know i mean this is coming from someone that had a whole vision of my life and then all of a sudden i went right to a smartphone but, yeah, well, that happens to anybody as but, soon as they don't have their fucking phone. But the thing point. is, the thing is, is like by day two, I actually didn't care anymore. Like for real, like by day two, I mean, it was definitely, like I said, not being able to contact people yeah. is a problem because it's like, okay, it's not even like, you know, all right, go back to the house phone, the, the days of the house phone. Yeah. Okay. If no matter what happens during the day, you can go home and check your messages. Right. But it's like, if you don't have a phone, you know, have a house phone, you're never in contact. Like the only contact I have is I go to a place that has Wi-Fi. I go on my iPad that can only really message people that have iPhones or email people. Right. But, you know, if I just had a house phone, like it would still blow but some of that addictive nature would at least be a little bit quelled because I know that I can go home and I can like pick up my phone and call my girl and be like, Hey babe, how's everything going? Bop, 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 bop. But it's like, you don't have anything the entire day. You're like, okay, well when I get home, I'm going to call somebody. It's like, no, you're never going to be able to call anybody ever again unless you get a phone. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's why you tied the noose in your bedroom. When you realize that you couldn't call anybody. Actually, I kind of actually like, dude, I fucking, I went in the Apple store to hang off this, hang off that dead battery. And I, I just pulled out my iPad because I wanted to see if fucking, I got a call sheet or for work, whatever. And I got a, I had a, I had a message from the girl that was like, hey, I need to talk to you. I was like, what? I like, I went right to panic mode and I was like, hey, like I like wrote like six messages in a row. That's like, hey, is everything okay? What's wrong? I have a limited amount of time. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And I and I, I didn't say dickishly, but I had to write to her like, hey, like, please don't do that when I don't have a phone. Because like when you write, hey, I need to talk to you. Like if you have, once again, you have your phone, you're always in contact. Yeah. You may take it as like, oh, like she's being like a girl. She's not even a girl. She's being in a relationship. Like, I just want to talk to you. You know what I mean? Like, but I took it as like, there's a fucking problem and I need to like, yeah, like I took it to such a crazy degree of like, cause you're not used to that back and forth of like having the phone really. After yeah. Two like, days or whatever. yeah. I mean like the thing is too, is about having like a fucking a cell phone in general. It's just like, there's, there's never really an off to the conversation. It's always going on. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I will say this. I actually, because I'm a huge podcast listener, and like I like you know more so than music. Like, I in the last like month, I've started to like try to like actively like leave my headphones at home or like when I was in like working in Arizona, I would, like leave my phone before I go out because I was just kind of like I just wanted to get I just wanted to like reset a little bit. Yeah, because it's a real dude. I'm telling. I mean. I, I, to me, it's no different than any other drug, dude. It really feels the same way. It's like when you have it, you feel comfort. But as soon as someone takes it away, there's a moment of like panic. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, like you're like weirded out and you're like checking your pocket and it's not there. Yeah. It's fucking weird, man. Yeah. Life's hard, John. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. We're fucking cunts. You know, every day, fucking, I work with fucking Israelis. So every day I have conversations about the whole fucking conflict. And it's like, no, that's fucking hard. Like, you could have kids who go play soccer on a beach. Fucking bomb kills your kids. Or like, you know, you go on a bus in Tel Aviv and, you know, your fucking bus blows up. That's fucking hard. Like, that's, fu I mean, whether it's, I mean, that's like a real pressing didn't issue. it feel like last week i mean with with that and the malaysia airlines flight with those two things happening it just felt like the world was ending it was just like this is it like just war and bombs and death i didn't think that no i don't think that i mean you don't think the world's ending 
No, I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I, like loosely, the few Israelis that I know, they are not pro-Zionists, and they're not even necessarily, you know, they're not like anti-Zionists, but they actually they actually subscribe to the theory of like what exists here, like kind of the like the military industrial complex, yeah, which is basically like ah, just keep it going. It's the kind of thing where it's like, if you really want to work something out, you don't sit there and scream at each other. You sit down and you fucking work it out. But the thing is, when you have so many factions and there's a lot of vested interests at play, like you, you just keep it going. That's the Wait, I don't quo. understand. You keep what going? Well, you I mean, the, the, the war going? Well, I mean, once again, very limited understanding. And I'm, I'm speaking, I'm going to speak totally second, third airy. Third airy is not a word. Like keep it there, Is- there. Israel Israel is segmented in terms of politics. So like the one thing that kind of keeps Israel I don't want to go as far as saying together, but the thing about Israel and Gaza that are similar is there's a lot of like different factions. So like if Israel didn't have like a big demon, you know, across the border, yeah, you would almost have like a borderline civil war. In terms of like people have different viewpoints. Now, once again, this is not coming from an academic standpoint. This is not me reading book after book after book. Yeah. This is me talking to someone who who lived there and claims to me that there's a lot of different factions of belief. Sure. Which is, it's not like a unified front. There's a lot of other people that want to just be in control of the situation. So it's like it's like the blob, dude. The whole idea of the blob. I'll even do one further. The Watchmen. The whole idea of the Watchmen is like you create, you have a bigger threat. If you have a bigger threat, then it unites everyone against the bigger threat. Yeah. And on both sides, it seems like the bigger threat is the opposite side. So as soon as you eliminate the other side's threat, all of the little factions then vie for power. So like, yeah, right now Hamas is the big fucking word. But if all of a sudden Israel just disappeared, it's not like, okay, everything's peaceful now. Like that region would be destabilized and have real fucking problems. But simultaneously, if if like you know Hamas and the people and the people in the Gaza Strip and with the Palestinians disappeared, it wouldn't be like okay, everything is peaceful now. Like there's always going to be conflict. So the way to keep internal conflicts at bay is to keep the external ones alive. So. You never want to go to full-fledged war. You just want to keep it going enough to keep people on the same page. Sure. That's my like very, very, very loose interpretation of the situation. That makes sense. I mean, once again, I'm not, I'm not an academic. I mean, it makes sense in terms of like maintaining power. It doesn't make sense yeah. in any other way. I mean, it makes know, to but... me. It just, it just seems like people are people. It's like, you know, if. If I have to be around you all the time, if like, if all of a sudden you introduce a third roommate to this apartment, right? Yeah. And like, we were all kind of at odds. Like, but the third roommate, I've been in this situation before. The third roommate is like really, really messy. You and I may have our odds with each other, but the way that you keep the balance of power maintained is you and I could always just say, hey, isn't that third roommate really messy? <laughs> so you and I could have total issues, total fucking issues about whatever the fuck. Like, no, I get your point. Like, yeah. you eat my food, or, like, I use all your products. Like, whatever the fucking case may be. Yeah. But we, like, or like, really, we, like, really are like, dude, that third roommate doesn't pay rent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you always keep the battle over there. Because then we never have to actually confront. It's like a very passive aggressive thing. No, now, I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. Once I don't know. I don't know. I never lived there, and I'm yeah. an academic. I'm a cunt. Either way, I mean, both sides are wrong. <laughs> a lot more Palestinians are dying than Israelis, unfortunately. I mean, unfortunate that there's death in general. Not unfortunately, there aren't more Israelis dying, but. Um, it's just like there's I don't know I don't know what to do about that that's just one of those things where like I was like I felt so strongly about it in college and like I read about it and I was like 
I went and visited like because I was over there and I like saw the whole situation. Nah, I just like I don't, but I don't know what to do. Like I just I read the news and I just get sad at this point. I don't even get angry anymore. I'm just kind of like yeah, it's what happens. And like then like Israel's going in for like a ground war and you're just kind of like this nah, is boots so on the ground, man. And dude, the thing is, I've been working near Times Square recently in the last two days and like. Saturday there was like a, a Palestinian, a pro-Palestinian rally, and then Sunday there was a pro-Israeli rally, and it's like it's so weird to just watch people literally face to face screaming at each other. Yeah, and it's like, dude, nothing ever gets solved that way. Like no like, argument ever gets solved. Like the only arguments like that get solved, you punch each other in face until you respect each other, or you fuck. Like. No real fuck. Yeah. I mean, like, for real, like, no argument like that ever gets solved logically. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, the tension that's over there is either either violent or sexual. I don't know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it's, like, it's really weird watching, like, I mean, like, yesterday I was, like, watching a bunch of, it was, uh, Hasidics? Orthodox. Orthodox Jews in support of the Gaza. Right. Uh And it was like watching like a bunch of Orthodox Jews with, you know, waving the, you know, waving the flag, the Palestinian flag and whatever. And like having Jews across like a metal barrier and they were just screaming at each other. And it's like, that's not going to like, going to end it. No, of course it's not. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should talk about this before we get fucking... (laughs) Before, before we get fucking pumped. Yeah, I'm sure. No, I just it just doesn't make any sense to me how like I mean it's death is death, right? Yeah, like you're it's killing not good. like Hamas is trying to kill kids. They're trying to kill anybody. And like Israel's doing the same exact thing. Yeah. And like you can say that they're smart bombs and they're targeted and you're warning people. You can say whatever the fuck you want, it doesn't matter. You're killing people and you're killing kids. You're killing like like people are dying on both sides. Yeah, like just it's not stop, good. stop that shit. It's not good. That's that's there. There, my hat is now in the political ring. <laughs> stop killing people. It's you not, know, but like it's I, not good. I don't know. I like, yeah. Like I said, I was like a political junkie in college, and I just, I can't honestly. I like I read the news and I keep up with like the little a little bit, but I can't actually read it all that much because it makes me like so sad. It's fucking Man. crazy. Uh, Hold on, can I pee real quick? Yeah, pee. Right. Do you want to keep talking? Should I pause it? No, I was saying before, when we were talking about Israel, did you hear that 100 of the top AIDS researchers in the world died in that Malaysia Airlines flight? flight? I, I heard that's not, that's not true, though. Oh, no? Yeah, I heard that was bullshit. Oh. I heard that there was people that died, but it was like 10. I did hear that, too. 10 then, people? Yeah. What happened to fucking two th- 239 or whatever the number no, was? No, the, the number of AIDS re- people. No, no well, uh, 239 Oh, it was died. 10. Okay. But it was supposed to be 100 AIDS researchers. That's not true. It was like 10. It was like 10. Yeah. Well, I'm not sad anymore at all. Yeah, I mean. If it's just 10, then who cares? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's fucked up. I heard that there was some audio from like some Ukrainian rebels or whoever russian rebels whoever the fuck shot it down um they like we shot down a plane yeah they were just like you shot down a plane and the other person was like well fuck them why were they flying over a war zone yeah well i actually i actually it's kind of embarrassing to say they were talking about this week, you shot the plane down yeah i heard about it on a smodcast about the uh the flight that was shot down i think it was a korean flight that was shot down over russia in 83 yeah. Did you hear that story? No. So apparently what happened was the United States was using passenger jet type planes to fly um, low reconnaissance. Uh-huh. And they were always encouraging on the Russian border. So it was like a, a standard practice. It was like 82, 83. So a flight, it was a Korean Airlines flight that was flying across international borders. Sure. Uh, this is getting worse as I'm getting farther. <laughs> Essentially, it was a long flight, so they put it on autopilot. Everyone, everyone went to sleep, essentially. And the Russians tried hailing the flight multiple times because it flew... Um, it basically veered off course. 
Okay. So it started going over Russian airspace. So the Russians started hailing it. And there was no response. And they fucking shot it down. They shot down a fucking airlines plane that had like 270 people on it. And Reagan in the U.S. was basically like, you fucking dicks. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And the Russians were like, yo, assholes. Like, you're the ones that are using, like, planes that look exactly like spy. Like, you're basically using spy planes yeah. that look like airliners to, you know, fly reconnaissance over our airspace. So it was like one of those weird, like, Cold War things where... Like, it was like Nylon Red Balloons. Like, they fucked up and they shot down a fucking passenger airline fucking plane. God. How crazy is that? I hate when that happens. That, to me, is like one of those things. Like, I read an article. I'm lying. I read a headline (laughs) (laughs) about this guy that basically changed his flight twice in the last six months. And the first time was the first Malaysian flight. And the second time was the second Malaysian flight. Like... How crazy must it be if you get on a fucking plane and, you know, every time I get in a plane, I, I, most times I have a Bloody Mary and like, I'm kind I'm kind of like not sleeping so well and all this other shit. Could you imagine getting on a fucking plane you're flying over in the middle of the flight? Like you look to your left and there's just like a fireball. You just see the whole, like half the plane just like cripple away. And then you're just like. Like, it probably doesn't feel real. No, I can't even imagine. It's got to just be one of those things that just in the moment, like, your brain doesn't process information that quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if it does, it's the kind of thing where the fight or flight kicks in. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's the the gamut of emotions that must kick in must be, it's so, it's pretty nightmarish. It's a nightmare. Like, that is what a nightmare really is, right? Yeah. Because all of a sudden, you're just flying. You're thinking everything's chill. It's not like, oh, a terrorist comes up, and they're like, oh, shit's about to get real. It's no, like, you are even... chilling. It's not even like, oh, turbulence. Like, you're fucking straight chilling. And I can't sudden, even imagine, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Oh. I mean. It's impossible to imagine. It kind of is. To me, it's like, it's got to be like, I don't know. My nightmares get twisted. It's got. It just got to feel like that. It just got to feel like this but it's, isn't but real. But it's real. So it like is. that's the thing is that it's totally different than having a dream. Because if you're like the shit that you're seeing is real, and you're like I'm gonna die now. Like, and either you like pass out or you just you know. But a part I, of me I wonders, don't know. Part of me wonders. You don't dream like I do. No, I don't dream no, at no, all. In, in my mind, notoriously, you don't dream like I do. I dream every night. Yeah, I dream about shit that happened 15 minutes earlier. Like I incorporate podcast in my dream. I incorporate movie. Like I dream like a motherfucker. Like I'm a light sleeper in that way. Yeah, and like every dream that I have where stuff gets violent like that, it feels very horrifying. Like in that moment, I've had dreams that are lucid where I recognize this is a dream. I've had those too, but I've also had dreams where I'm like, oh, like. I'm like underwater and I can't get out or I'm like going to die or all those kinds of things. And like in that moment, there is like a real panic. Mm -hmm. And a part of me thinks that like, I mean, we'll never know until it's our time, but like something that extreme has to feel a little bit. You got to feel a little outside yourself. I feel like you have to. Do you know what I mean? Like, because pain is one thing. If you feel, if you feel like extreme pain, like someone like punches you in the arm, like you feel that shit or something. Right. But if you're experiencing an event that feels so like in that moment, so outside yourself, I feel like it's, there's, there's like, like there's a weird inability to process. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's my, Loose theory, you know. I never tried to jump off a bridge and survived or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, have you ever, like, I mean, have you ever been so frightened of a thing that was happening that you, like, felt that? You felt outside of yourself? Not that I can remember. Yeah. I mean, 
I've had weird experiences where I was given news where something felt kind of weird. Like all of a sudden you're like, are living in a movie. Sure. That kind of thing. Yeah. But that's not always immediate. You know what I mean? That's just kind of more like, this wasn't part of the plan. Like it's more like that. Yeah. But that said, that also, I remember that very specifically. And that almost felt like if you were to tell me that was a dream, I would be like, okay. Like it didn't, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to like downplay it, but it, it just like, it seems to me if you're on a plane and all of a sudden that shit happened, like if you were to have survived, I feel like you'd almost be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, <laughs> you'd just be like, what the fuck? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm like, once again, this is different between you and me. It's like, I'm a, I dream every time I go to sleep. Yeah. Like almost every time I go to sleep. So like, it's something that it's just, it always feels very. No, sure. So you compare it to that because you think I compare it, it to that yeah. because I feel like those things always feel very real. Well, I mean, I don't know. A few things come to mind for me, but one of them, I was in a car accident and I remember while it was happening, just, Cause like I didn't have my seatbelt on. I don't even know the story. I've been in a few car accidents, but this is this one. I was like, so, I don't I don't even know, fifteen really? or something. Yeah, and like, my dad was driving. I was in the passenger seat. Basically, a car um, from the other lane made a left turn in front of him, like as he was crossing this uh, street. Okay. <clears throat> So they cut us out off. It turns out, it turns out the woman that was driving was like on all these medi- all this medication. She was like an older woman, whatever. She was just kind of spacing out and turned in front of us. But she was driving this small little car and my dad was driving a fucking Tahoe. So like my dad, the way that my dad tells the story is like he saw the passenger side as it turned in front of him and it was like a 5-year-old kid. And he remembers thinking, like, if I keep going straight, I'm going to kill that child. So he, like, turned as quickly as he possibly could. And, like, we ended up, like, sideswiping them on the front. So we didn't actually hit the passenger side, but we hit them in the front. And they spun off and did, like, a fucking, like, you know, 720 down the street. And uh, we ended up going up, like, this little hill that was there. So we just like ran right into the earth basically. And I didn't have my seatbelt on. And I remember like kind of jumping out of my seat, but like, it was fine. I didn't like hit the windshield. Like nothing happened. You know, it's almost I think, like, I think like, like my brother had like a bloody nose. He was in the back seat, but like nothing really happened to anybody. Everyone was fine. The car was totally fucked. Like the car kinda, was fucked. It's but the kind of thing like a seven year old might be like, if, if another person was like, I was in a car accident once. It was scary. You'd be like, I- no, but it wasn't even like that. Cause I mean, to finish the story, like I remember not being all that worried when I, when it finished, like I was just like, Oh, that's crazy. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then I remember like two hours later where like all of a sudden, like the shock of the whole thing finally hit me and I was like crying and shaking. And I was just like, it was like total post-traumatic, experience where like at the time that it happened it didn't even phase me and then like as soon as like my like body and brain combined knew what the fuck was going on like that's when i reacted you know so like so uh, but that's kind of to your point that you were saying before where like if you see all this shit happening you're kind of like incapable of being there because it's too crazy like i remember like being in the car and being like i'm gonna die but like just kind of not responding because it was like too much happening at the same time that you couldn't even wrap your head around it. And it took me like two hours to actually fucking respond to it where like I broke down and like had that moment. See, I mean, you know, I mean like, like I said, I imagine what you're describing with the plane is like 20,000 times worse than I would assume that. I mean, I feel like, I mean, who the fuck knows? I mean, I guess the only way to really know it is to talk to people that have like been in like really fucking extreme circumstances that have like survived. Right. But it does just, just seems to me that like there's a there's a there's a mechanism that it seems to exist in the brain that which essentially it's like you don't think things are gonna happen 
to you. Like when you read bad news, you're like, that's horrible, but that's them. It's not me. It's like, you don't like, I don't like, even if you like kind of co-op that, that sadness, you don't really co-op that feeling of like, Oh, that's ever going to happen to me. Now maybe it's uh, how you're raised, but the way I was just raised, it's like, like a, like a getting shot down in a plane kind of thing. It's just one of those things where I'm like, Oh, that's just, that's just something that happens. Like, that's just something that happens to other people. <laughs> like that doesn't happen. Like that happens to that guy, not to this guy. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that's the way I was raised. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Well, it's like any. I mean, nobody gets shot down in planes. It's like it's just. Well, that's an extreme it's one example. Of, but, well, but it's like one of those. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things that like that happens. Like you, you got a shitty hand. Totally. You know, if you're but, like in well, that Malaysia hair. No, totally. But like, I mean, like, you know, like. You know, now I feel like a little bit more. I'm a little bit more aware of people. Like if someone's being like super crazy, I'm a like I may interact, but I'm a little bit more. At least I want to believe. Like I'm a little bit more. Like if I was working really closely with somebody, and they were, they seemed very, 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 very fucked up and dark. Yeah. And in like a way that wasn't even like funny or interesting or cool, but just in a way that was kind of creepy. Like, I feel like I'm a little bit more now kind of like I should say that person's good side or that person would be fucked up. But like, you know, maybe five years ago, I don't know if I would have felt that way. You know what I mean? They ought to have been like, oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. That, that doesn't actually happen. Like right. that, like that person never snaps. Well, that's just one of those things. Like, yeah, I know that person's kind of fucked up and like weird, but like, that that ever that person ever snaps like there was like an element of delusion that I feel like I was I was raised with a little bit, which is kind of like I feel like if you like grew up in the Gaza Strip and you hear explosions in the sky like you may feel more like okay have it maybe peace with God, but if I heard explosions in the sky right now I'd be like that's not really happening like it's like a different kind of. Yeah, sure. The reality is totally different. I mean, if you're living in fucking certain areas of Pakistan, like you're just used to that drone noise of like, it's zzz, a you know, like you're just like used to that hum of I mean, like that's, that's things happening outside, yeah. you know, that's how Which, I feel. It's a contextual thing. Like, sure. I mean, may, maybe it's not. I mean, I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, who the fuck? I mean, who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? I'm just saying like, the, it, like every now and then I have those like weird moments where I'm sitting on a train and I'm like, yo, what if this is fucking train just like derailed right now? Like, I just think about that shit. I yeah. Mean, everyone does that. Sure. Like, but I think about it where you go outside yourself where like if it happened at that moment, you like, it's almost like you'd be the only person prepared to deal with it. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Where you're kind of like, you like, you get so far outside of the situation that if that situation actually happened, like no one would ever believe you that you were thinking about it. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like, and I don't know. It just seems to me that like really fucked up traumatic events like that happen so quickly that it doesn't even feel like it's fucking real. Like all of a sudden, like something happens to your fucking friend who was, you were just talking to. And then all of a sudden, like something fucked up happens and your friend's fucking like, fucking dead you know i mean i mean i had times i was in high school and i had a friend who was not the best driver and he did multiple moves where it's like and the alternate timescape like i have dead friends or i'm dead no, you know totally. what i mean and it's like it really was as simple as like if he didn't accelerate when he did or that person didn't stop when they did it's like it was as basic as that like it was as quick as that yeah which makes me feel like at that crazy moment of impact like, it's it doesn't feel. I'm not talking about pain. I'm talking about that moment of like mortality. It's a very specific thing that seems to me that's. Well, I don't then, think it's that. Fu- I think it's very super, like it's superfluous. <laughs> superfluous. It's like it's, it's very, more than necessary. It's just, it's just very like. It doesn't feel like. You're dying from a disease over the course of time. Like you think about things, you analyze things, you break things down. But if things happen in an extreme circumstance, I just feel like the beauty of being like it's like when you watch like in the wild, like when an animal gets hunted by another animal. 
and the predator finally catches the prey, the prey almost never fights back. And, you know, different, you know, I'm going to say scientists. What the fuck do I know? They'll basically say it's because, like, it's a food chain thing where it's like if a, if a, if a tiger kills, like, a gazelle or something, and the gazelle struggles the entire time the tiger was eating it, like, you would the gazelle may injure the tiger, which then hurts the tiger population and the tiger population suffers. It's like a whole food chain thing. So it's almost like when a tiger or a jaguar or a cheetah like kills a gazelle, yeah. the gazelle will struggle. The gazelle will run, 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 run. But as soon as the gazelle gets caught, it almost just bows down. Like as soon as the gazelle gets fucking caught by the neck, you almost never see a gazelle struggle. You just see a gazelle just kind of die. And it's an evolutionary thing, which is basically like something will struggle as long as they think there's a chance for survival. But once that chance of survival goes away, you just kind of submit. So you're saying that we're the gazelles and life is the tiger? I'm saying that <laughs> I'm saying that what's more fucked up yeah. is that if you were the gazelle, you would probably think until you stop breathing that you could survive. That's what I think. What I think is kind of fucked up is that a very, very crazy traumatic situation, like if I like if the plane, if I've ever had a plane and get shot down by fucking militants, I hope I'm on the fucking rocket side, because otherwise I feel like while you're going down, you probably think the entire time you're gonna live. Like I think if you're in those fucking towers in 9/11, and you jump, I don't out, know, man. You never had experiences where like you I, knew you were gonna die. No, I don't. I don't. But I don't. But I think that I've had those and I just honestly, I'm like, I'm actually, it scares me about my own psychology where like, I remember knowing, like knowing I was like, I'm going to die now. And like, not even being bummed about it. <laughs> I was but just, like, I was well, just kind of like, well, well, I mean, that's how it go. like, I was actually, I was the gazelle that you're describing where I was just like, this crazy shit is happening right now. I'm going to die. And like, fuck it. Maybe it's because maybe it's a psychology thing. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, maybe I, it's defense mechanism. I'm I, not sure. I mean, I just look at it as like, if I was in a plane that was going down, like, and it was going down, and it's still, it wasn't like, it wasn't like just dive bombing. Yeah. If I was in a plane, that was just going down. I'd be like, oh, well, like as I was going down, a, a part of me would almost be like, well, what do I do on the Island? Do you know what I mean? Like, but if it was dive bombing, maybe that's different. Mm hmm. I don't know. I, 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 maybe I've just been fortunate enough. I'm just saying that like, a, like, you know, I say that fucking humans are the only fucking animals that have mortality, but then you watch some video of fucking, like I saw a video, a PETA video today of like a dog slash raccoon that was electrocuted for the fur. And that thing was fucking struggling to the bitter end. It was a weird moment of like, Oh, that fucking thing knew that that fucking bench was it yeah like that thing knew that thing knew it like knew all the way it knew like because they were holding it there and it was fighting the entire time and it does kind of poke a hole into that theory of like oh they don't know it's like yeah <laughs> you know what i mean dude yeah I'm, i mean I'm, if you if you watch like any slaughterhouse footage you know that like I, yeah I know. they know I, I, i'm i'm running a little <clears throat> bit but it, like but I, I, I also do look at it that way as like that feels a little natural. Yeah. Like I mean, once again, in the natural order of things, it's different. You see a thing fight you run away and run away, run away, run away, but once it gets caught, like you never see like, you know, an alligator or you never see like, a, a fucking cheetah catching something. I mean you see the gazelle like, you know, kicking crazy. Yeah. Like and maybe it's an evolutionary fucking thing where it's like you know, nature kind of, it's kind of like, yeah, there has to be like a yin and yang, but simultaneously it's like, well, if someone's going to die, I'm not going to like, this yeah. have to suffer. I don't know. This is very, it's a very vague discussion, but it is, it's one to think about because it's like, who the fuck knows? I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm speaking from like the dreamscape of like, I constantly have dreams where like I'm dying people around me are dying like i always have that shit and it always just feels you know what the scarier part is john that's real life i know <laughs> robocop 2 robocop 2 dude 
That was the best. Fu- that was the best fucking uh, Valentine's Day of my life. You and I having discussion at Horace Cafe about RoboCop. Too, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you going because it's death. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going home. Well, what was the story? Because the the listeners don't know the story. The, the whole thing I was, I was saying about how RoboCop Two, even though it is not a superior movie. I remember always just being super afraid because there was this one scene in RoboCop 2 where they unleash Kane. They kill this fucking really bad drug dealer and they put him into a machine body. <laughs> but you went on like a 10-minute tirade yeah, about it. I, I remember specifically like there was this little kid in the movie who becomes like this drug, you know, kingpin of the underworld. And he's there making these deals and there's all these drug dealers in this like fucking warehouse. And OCP takes Kane, the drug dealer slash robot, and drops him off and like basically this fucking robot goes in and just kills everybody like just point by point by point and as a kid because this fucking robot kills a kid yeah and as a kid i remember being like so scared by that and i don't even necessarily i mean subconsciously now i probably realized that it was because a kid was being killed but like at the time it was always like I guess fuck subconsciously as a time is like, Oh, kids don't get killed. Or it's like, well, if I'm on the side of the good guys, the good guys will always protect me. So it was more kind of like, if you ever do anything bad, yeah, like you will be fucking mercilessly <laughs> fucking killed. That scene. Like I remember specifically that they went in and he just killed everybody. Like, there was no escape. It scared the fuck out of me as a kid. And I was going on and on and on and but on. You, and you go... And I was like, I don't even know why that scared me so much. I don't know what freaked me out so much about that. You were like, ever since then, I've just never really felt safe. Like, I just feel like there's, like, something out there, like, out to get me. And I just, like, no matter what it is, I'm not going to be able to escape from it. And I go, John, that thing is death. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that. And we got really quiet. And then we closed our check and left. Yeah. And we basically were just like, <laughs> and, and scene. <laughs> <laughs>